Hello, welcome to Mediation Station, and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Each week, we explore topics and ideas related to the experience of people with conflict and look to promote the profession of conflict resolvers. We are available to connect with at greggf at primus.ca and 647 Visit us at our Facebook page to like us and Facebook group page to become a member. Also visit YouTube channels for both CHHA 1610AM and Greg Fenton. Listen to podcasts of each radio show by visiting either of SoundCloud.com or iTunes Podcasts under Mediation Station in the Arts area. Please follow us at our Twitter account, which is at Fenton Mediation. Our topic tonight is called Iraq, You Rock, with our visitor, our friend, colleague, guru, something, many of the, these things. For more information, you can contact me at 647-227-4734 or greggf at primus.ca. Also dropping in, I don't think she came through the window. Uh, you know, that was years ago. <laughs> I've gotten fatter since then, so I don't Look, think I'd fit. I wasn't going there. <laughs> that wasn't part of my intention. It's okay. I'm good with it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not going to... You're a healthy person. I am. I'm Zuftig. And that's a very good thing. Because I think you, so. Yeah. I'm juicy. Self-identification is the yeah. best thing. Yeah. You know, others project their own stuff onto others. I think it's the powers when it's within. Self-determination. I think so, too. It's all about how you f good you feel inside your own skin. Yeah. So you haven't been here for a while. I haven't. I've been um, working a lot, which is good. Well, that's your hope for and generate some income. Yeah. And I've been in it. I'm tired. I'm not a spring chicken anymore or a spring duck, And we Brad. talked about this. <laughs> we talked about that. I'm going to put him in. Okay. We talked about this, and I, I just said I didn't realize you were a chicken in the first place, whether you're spring, winter, or fall. And I said, Brr. Hi, Brad. You're in there now. <laughs> Hey. Hey, guys. hey, Brad. Joni, you're here. I'm here. Did you tell your peeps to, to tune in and stream? and? I, I told all three of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your Facebook yeah. crowd. John, I yeah. want to shout out to John. Is oh, that... my goodness. Hey, are we on the air yet? Yeah, we're on the air now. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you thought this was a private conversation? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny because I, I was multitasking, sending Joni uh, duck puns on Facebook yes. in response to one of her, her posts. And I'm, and I'm so ashamed. Um, <laughs> you should be. But, that's why I said well, I'm not a spring chicken or a duck. Oh, that's where I oh, <laughs> Quack, quack, no, quack, quack. Quack, quack. Well, that, that's it. When you're dealing with duck puns, you're limited to uh, to to quack, uh, put it in my bill, or um, or or poultry puns. That's or, pretty much it. Or so. webbed feet. Webbed feet is good. We could oh, find something with that. that. Right. And the title of the book is is how to make money from from ducks. Um, how to make ducks pay. How to make how to how to how to make them pay. <laughs> and so, um, how to make money on the web. Yeah, on the web. <laughs> and then you just do oh, feet my. after that. Yeah. Oh my, this is this this is gold. So, um, so Are you recording this? Is, <laughs> am I? I'm, so, I'm, I'm recording. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> are, 
right. So, so this is this part is actually on the air. Right? Yeah, we're on the yeah, air. Yeah, this is all on the air. You see. It's just the yeah, three of us, anyways. We're just, we're just r- running the clock down. <laughs> no, we, we, we really want to shift this to the purpose okay, tonight, okay. too, because and there is an intention. Is it middle of the night in Iraq? Um, it, it, I, I, I believe so, although, I mean, I'm here in New York, but... Um, What's the time uh, difference, I, then, generally? Um, I think it's like about 10 hours or something like that, depending on daylight savings time, and... Having said that, my, my colleagues and students in Iraq seem to be online uh, uh, all day and all night. So the response yeah. I mean, no matter. Uh, they, so they may be uh, listening in. So, oh, hey, guys. Uh, okay. Well, a couple of them friended me on Facebook. So I saw that. I saw that. One of the things that, that maybe we can touch upon is, is how they how they really embrace uh, uh, social media uh, for peace building and other things in a, in a very, uh, very different way. Yeah, yeah, they were lovely. Like they messaged yeah. me, and it's nice. Oh, did they? Oh yeah, long conversations. Oh, wow, <laughs> there's a story behind a story here. <laughs> so oh, wonderful. So, Brad, Brad, you, you've been with us before, and mm-hmm. you know we really appreciate in the future if you graced us in person, physically here. Yeah, we, you're we not... do respect that you call in and make that effort and take the time. That's totally appreciated. You're not really one to call it in, Brad. You know, you're you're I, one I just, to really yeah. give it all. Well, this is you, you may be getting me, or this may be my Brad bot AI program. There's there's no way of knowing. That's how <laughs> that's how good it is. Uh, didn't we do a program on AI? I did a program two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. on the the nature of human mediators relative to the future of artificial intelligence. I haven't edited that, that show yet, so I'll get it out there sometime. So, Br- Brad, very, very eager to hear that. yeah, so you've been with us. How about you start off a little bit about, you know, as usual, give some context of your, what is it, your professional background involved? Sure, sure. And I feel, I, I always feel a bit chagrined with this because I, I feel you've heard my spiel so many times, but, but, but basically I've been in the peace and, and peace education field for, uh, I guess this will be my 30th year. Um, I'm, I'm currently uh, a, a visiting professor at New York University's Center for Global Affairs, where I work with the, the peace building program, or uh, it's called PREP, the Peace, uh, peace Research and Education Program. And uh, I'm also the, the founder and, and founding CEO of New York Peace Institute, which is a community mediation center in New York City. And I, I still do uh, uh, quite a bit of work with them as a trainer. And I think, I think we've talked in the past about my work with uh, training law enforcement, NYPD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joni's become friends with at least one of my officers that I've worked with on on Facebook. We're not um, friends. And- but we're well. The title on Facebook is friends, though I don't know how you extend that. To... Yeah, he's not on my friends list. Oh, no, I'm he's not, not on his. But we oh. do a lot of back and forth on on Brad's wall. When you have posts oh, right. and he makes comments, Joni contributes to the comments that way. I guess. I see. I see. Well, it, it, it's funny because if I if I leave Facebook unattended for a day. Uh, because of training or, or teaching or whatever it might be, I can guarantee I'll come back. That uh, on my wall there will be a, a long discussion between uh, Joni and, and John. Yeah. Um, which is like I can't leave you guys alone for one day without things going nuts. And and what I enjoy about it is, is, is though you come from very different 
parts of the political spectrum. Um, you you seem to to have good discussions and on some level um, see the see the humanity in each other, which is what we're what we're all about in our field. Well, it really has been shifting. There's been a real um, mutual respect built there. Yeah, it's, and it's 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 really wonderful for me to watch it in real time and. You know, I have the benefit of knowing John and other people that that, that you know, uh, friends of mine on social media, um, in real life. So I'm able to see them in all their three-dimensionality in a way that that social media doesn't really allow for as, as much. So, so to see you uh, transcend the limits of the media uh, is is really really cool. So, what do you see as the purpose of your professional work? The variety of things that you do related to it. Yeah, I, you know. Um, I, I really see it as looking for whatever opportunities I can have to to dovetail. Oh, there's that, that could be a good uh, a duck joke for us, Tony. Uh, <laughs> no, with, that's a dove. Mesh, uh, dove. I know, I know. I'm grasping here uh, to mesh to intersect my own uh, passion for building peace and finding opportunities for people to see each other more more humanely and more three dimensionally with. Uh, whatever interest and talents that I have as a, as a teacher, a, an artist, and an educator. Which, you know, you've shared, and we can see, if we visit social media, the range of forms of expression that you have and manners in which you communicate those things through the graphics, etc. Sure, sure. Yeah. So what are, what are the things in people that influenced your own decision to focus on helping people to better deal with conflict? Where did that come from? Um, it's a really good question. I mean, I, 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 I forget if we've spoken about this before, but both of my parents were in helping professions. My mom was a nurse. Uh, my father was a teacher. So they were um, uh, you know, both uh, in, in professions and had lives where they were there to, uh, to help people. So I, I, I think that probably hardwired in me some desire to be helpful in, in some way. And... I, I I think the, uh, the the turning point beyond kind of a general interest in social justice um, was I think this is a conversation we had a couple of years ago was my my work in uh, in Poland at the time yeah. of the fall of the Berlin Wall and, right. and it, it, just, it just really amazed me to see how how civil disobedience and protest people putting themselves on the line with their fists in the air could coexist with, with dialogue and conversation and, and all the tools of peace building that, that, uh, that these are not antithetical ideas. So it really was a way to merge my own uh, social justice and political sensibilities with actual real, real uh, mechanisms and modalities that help people understand each other better. And, and with that kind of form of expression, when you talked about Poland or Eastern Europe at the time, where people actually took to the streets, would that kind of um, approach work in North America or at least in the U.S.? Well, uh, it, 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 there's, it certainly has with uh, the civil rights movement, yeah. Freedom Riders, um, uh, all of the Martin Luther Kingian uh, nonviolent civil civil disobedience that we we partook in, and um, you know, and I. I and seeing now in the context of social media what what uh, young people are able to do and how people are able to to mobilize and organize using technology um i I hold out hope for it as we approach our uh, our next election. your upcoming election I think yeah. the first time you were on was when 
that first election was happening or about to happen. You know, it, I, I think you're right, because I, I actually remember being in Toronto on Inauguration Day in the yeah. States, which is, I think, where we first, yeah. first we met. First met I, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was surreal, and I, I remember uh, a number of people there half-jokingly offering me to uh, um, to hole up in Canada for the next uh, four to eight years. Yeah. To marry you. I, Mary. <laughs> you offered to marry them? you. Uh, I remember at the Fidrio conference, the bunch of people offered to marry you. That's the one. Uh, uh, I don't remember being a bunch, but I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, we were all at our table saying, hey, I'd marry Brad, I'd marry Brad. And that's from his keynote speak, yeah. uh, speech? Or did you know more of Brad? It was before the keynote. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he is very charismatic. Magnetism or, there. Yeah. yeah. i, I got to give more speeches. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, the whole intention for tonight, too, is to engage in conversation. Joni's presenting to silence you in some way. Lost for words in that sense. Not to intentionally silent. Just you're you're caught up in this whole. Wow, it's 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 you, Brad. I know Brad is oh very modest. Yeah, well, and we—that's the genuine part as well that we appreciate. How do you define you know peace building? What is that combination of words? Peace building. Uh, sure. So so peace building. I mean, it's certainly it's certainly much more than the absence of war or hostility. Uh, peace building. Um, I see it as as ways, methods, tools, skills, programs, organizations that are designed to to um, help people see each other more uh, more humanly, to see the light in each other, and to uh, to 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 not only stop the fighting, but to actually reconcile and and bring people together in a fundamental way. Um, so for me, it, it goes it goes uh, beyond being afraid of the other and actually seeing the world as if there there is no other. Well, there's these three connected terms, and I, I believe they're distinct. There's the peace building, there's the peacemaking, and the peace. Well, I got a brain cramp all of a sudden. Mm. Uh, peacemaking, peace building. <laughs> yeah. Peace professional. No. Pe- uh, peace. Peacekeeping. Keeping. Uh, yeah, the yeah. keeping, making, and building. Yeah. Right. W- what could be, or from your perspective, what's the distinction amongst those? Uh, oh, goodness. Um, uh, to be honest, I'll often use them interchangeably, but the idea of, of peace building, there's just something very proactive and creative uh, about it. We're actually uh, creating or co-creating something together. We're, we're, we're building something, and, and peace is a... It's, it's uh, it's a work in progress. Um, uh, peacemaking, I, I'm I'm totally fine with that. But I I, I, um, I I like to think that that peace, while it does um, have elements of a hot house flower that requires a lot of tending and and TLC, it's not something that's made out of thin air. I actually think that that peace is our our baseline way of being as human beings. We are we are social creatures, and even when we we otherize people or engage in hostility. It's often out of a, out of a mistaken sense that we're protecting um, our own. So, and peacekeeping for me, I like it. It's great, but that feels uh, to me it has a little bit of a tinge of, of of coercion to it. So, like we're 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 maintaining, we're keeping the peace. We're we're a hair's breadth away from from things going to hell. Uh, whereas there's a certain uh, uh, um, 
energy and activeness around peace building. I would think, too, that with peace uh, keeping, there's like this ever-present notion or reality of conflict, and it's right on the cusp of happening, and therefore there's this need for an organized presence of some form. Like Canada is known internationally as the peacekeeping, one of the peacekeeping countries that provides officers or soldiers to go to certain mm-hmm. zones. So it's like this tension is always present. And that's not to say that with peace building, that tension's not there. It's just a different, it comes across differently for me. Yeah, there's a framing of it. And, and I think it's only in the last couple of years or so that peace building as a singular word, not as a hyphenate, is, is, is more and more accepted in, in some of the standard dictionaries, which I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see. And, you know, and, and frankly, the, even the word peace itself, without any of the modifiers, is, is a little bit tricky. I, I remember when launching New York Peace Institute, there being, even within the mediation field, a really uh, kind of um, ambivalent relationship with the world, with the word peace, and, and the sense among many that, that mediation was some kind of a, a quasi-court apparatus rather than mm-hmm. um, a, a, a real vibrant, active uh, way of, of building of building peace. And also, um, it kind of takes away from the concept of conflict being something that's not bad necessarily, but, but um, something you can learn from. So peace isn't always the objective. It's more growing and learning and understanding each other more. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and uh, you know, more and more in my, um, uh, in my program at NYU, we're, we're using conflict transformation more than conflict resolution because mm-hmm. resolving in many ways suggests that something was problematic and needs to be fixed versus harnessing the, the inherent creativity that comes out of, out of conflict. Uh, I've, I've even mentioned that I don't think I did this uh, uh, um, on mediation statement, but I, I've done a workshop on on the Beatles and conflict, and about how how they they exemplified conflict management archetypes among the four of them, and it's one of the things that created the the amazing music that that we have this day. Yeah, that's uh, you know the values are aspects of diversity, inclusivity. Though each was a distinct person, personality wise, yet they found a way to unify in an inclusive way to bring forth all this magical music we can work it out yeah yeah well there it was help first maybe (laughs) (laughs) which came first help or we can work it out i I don't know it's we can work it out oh (laughs) so you you went to iraq this past summer to do what uh, a, a couple of things. So, so this was uh, part of my work with with uh, NYU's uh, Peace Research and Education uh, Program, and the the idea of it was to do two things: one, work with a, a group of Iraqi professors from various disciplines uh, to teach them in, in in the pedagogy and methodology of of teaching peace building. Uh, and I did this on the heels of my colleague, Professor uh, Tom Hill, who was there. Earlier, he's actually been working in Iraq for for decades now. Uh, but he was there to teach these professors uh, some of the, the fundamental theories of, of peace building. Uh, and then I went over to teach them how to actually teach this. So to, to step away from a very uh, hierarchical 
systematic way of, of, of learning in the classroom to a more interactive way that would incorporate arts and movement and theater and, and all of that. So, so uh, part of the time was working with them for several days and, and teaching them different teaching methodologies and then um, encouraging them, uh, well, not encouraging, having them create their own modules on what they had learned using their own, uh, their own voice but incorporating different methods of learning. So that was part. I was accompanied by my, my colleague, um, Katarina Sira, who uh, is also part of the, the, the prep team and, and teaches at NYU with me as well. And uh, the second part was then working with Iraqi youth, um, several of which have befriended uh, Joni. Uh-huh. Um, so, so this is a group of, of 28 uh, young people ages 18 to around 24 from all over Iraq. Uh, half men, half women, actually slightly more women than men, uh, to bring them to, together to, to both teach them uh, uh, some concrete tools and methodologies around how to promote dialogue, build peace, reach, cons- reach consensus, uh, and then apply them to uh, a four-day simulation that my colleague Katharina and others have developed over the years during which they would take their new skills um, and apply them in a fictitious country uh, that one could say had many parallels to Iraq itself, Um, and each student had a different role in it, and over four days, they remained in character. We were uh, were in in a hotel the whole time uh, for security reasons. It wasn't very practical to to leave, so we were were holed up there together, and over those days, they they not only had a chance to, to model and practice their skills, but also access some really amazing uh, a truth and have conversations that that by their account they normally wouldn't have without the, this this technique or this artifice of using essentially using theater to uh to learn about peace building or even maybe that they were from different parts of the country that would never you know in their normal course of life would intersect or cross paths with and thus you became the means with the focus and that opportunity it created or provided for. Well, that that was truly incredible, and and, and you're right. So they represented uh, different areas of Iraq, different tribes, um, and and of course I, I spoke about a gender balance as well. And it was it was uh, I think really helpful for me to be working alongside um, uh, uh, a woman, so that that allowed us to to model. Uh, 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 professional uh, gender relations um, to the group, and I remember on uh, and, and oh, and one thing that uh, that's worth noting is the students. They were all um, by so many standards just so brilliant and sophisticated and knowledgeable and and well read. Um, yet uh, this is in the context of a country that has experienced uh, nothing but dictatorship, war. Uh, terror and and trauma in in their lifetimes and even the lifetimes of their parents and for for many if not most of them we were the first westerners let alone americans they had met um they spoke english beautifully even poetically uh and and for many of them this was the, the one of the first chances they had to actually speak and have conversations in English, and also with 
people from the other gender. gender. And it was so, I, I remember on the first day we did an introduction exercise pairing, uh, uh, putting people in pairs and having them talk to one another. And the way we had set things up, it was inevitable that, that the, the young men and young women were talking to one another. And in debriefing after the exercise about the conversation that they had, one of the young men um, uh, very bravely said, you know, I was so nervous in this exercise because of the way our society is. We don't really talk to girls very much. So I found myself nervously ripping my paper <laughs> the whole time we were talking. And he was just so so courageous to give voice to that. It resulted in in kind of a, a commiseration and laughter and head nodding around the room, and it just broke the ice so so beautifully and, and paved the way for one of the un- unanticipated consequences of this time, which was exploring uh, women's uh, uh, empowerment and gender relations in in a part of the world where these are still really really difficult topics. Yeah, it's a powerful for someone to make themselves or provide for themselves to be vulnerable put themselves out there put that risk because they never we never know whenever we do that how the reaction or the responses of those we engage or share that with absolutely yeah i wanted to say that i followed your travels in iraq and your um your adventures in Iraq, you and all the street cats and, and what you were doing with the students yeah. as well. Um, and I, because I, I was going all Jewish mother on you, you know, worrying for your safety. And, uh, but I remember uh, seeing uh, pictures of your students um, just holding up signs and, and saying things about respecting uh, women and about equality and about and it really moved me. It really touched me. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that that came off through my through my post. It, it, it moved me as well, and it still gives me shivers thinking about it. And 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 so much credit goes to my colleague Katharina for really constructing the the um, uh, the, the role play that we used and all of her hard work. And just imagine going from 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 day one, where the the young men and women were um, were nervous about even interacting, and you know many of the the women uh, who participated uh, because of local traditions had to have male family members accompany them, kind of be off in the sides. Even getting to Baghdad for many of them required five or six security stops. Uh, when I went there, there was a travel for advisory, essentially do not travel um, advisory. Um, But against that backdrop, within three days after they were firmly into this role play in character, uh, uh, one of the groups uh, formed a a group around women's rights, and they actually uh, staged a, 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 a women's rights protest in the middle of a simulation and dragged men into it and <laughs> before we knew it uh they, they were approaching young men and saying will you stand in solidarity yeah. to support women's rights and the men one by one were standing alone and uh, in uh, standing up in solidarity with them and it was just it was amazing and and without the safety net of doing this through a simulation i, I you know I, I wonder what that kind of conversation would have looked like um and what was interesting was when we would go out of character to debrief at the end of the day, um, they would go back into their normal selves, which were, you know, their, their, their roles were really similar of who they were. They were still in some ways playing themselves. 
some of them said, okay, you know, look, you know, our, um, gender and other issues aren't quite as dire as we're making them in a simulation. But you could tell they were really using this opportunity in a way that I think represents the, the reason we have art in the first place, which is to access deeper truths that may be, to maybe un, may, that may be uncomfortable to address more, more directly. It was, it was so, it was so beautiful and, and oh, oh yeah, Joni and the yeah the the Baghdad cats were uh, were just heartbreaking. They were they were so scrawny and scarred and yet so loving. Come on, you took one home in your suitcase, didn't you? Admit oh, it. I I you know what I wish. It's funny as I was posting them, I was getting all kinds of advice on I should take them home. I should do this, and it was you know it was yeah, hard no. to, <laughs> to to leave the hotel, let alone chase the cats down. The cats. You know, sadly, we're treated more like vermin than as as animals. To to our Iraqi colleagues, who I said, oh, I want to take these cats home. They're like, oh, please, please take as many as you want. <laughs> here's here's an empty suitcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the individuals, the participants who were gathered from different regions of the country, they would uh, volunteered for this. They they did. Most of them were there. Well, they were all there on the recommendations of their professors, who were largely the same group of professors that we had trained uh, in, in the previous week. Um, so they they were they really represented top flight students. Um, they did volunteer. A lot of them had to jump through hoops to get parental permission yeah. to to be out of the home and be at a hotel and 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 things like that. But. But they all they all had a uh, an extraordinary passion for learning and and for and for peace building. Even if when they arrived, they weren't quite sure what you know what they were in for. So, what's your understanding of what they were looking to learn from participating in this? I well, I think they were they were they were definitely interested in in peace building as a larger as a larger concept. But I think that was. Yeah, uh, uh, met by curiosity as to well, what does this even mean? Uh, they they told many of us they expected it to be kind of a standard PowerPoint workshop where they would learn a lot of theoretical stuff. They they um, I think they were surprised that it was as as interactive and engaging and vulnerable and creative as it was. Yeah. Um, now we did we did a little bit of preparation beforehand, which is both for the professors and students. We provided short uh, short video clips that we sent them. Uh, introducing as teasers some of the kinds of things that we would be we would be doing um, just so they would have a little bit of a sense of what they would uh, or what they would get into. Um, but I think they you know they came there with equal measure of, of of a sense of suspense and and a great interest. And I'll I'll tell you one of the things that I was I was concerned about was um, you know as as an American, and this is something that I felt ambivalent around about for, for years now, as, as an American whose country has been largely responsible for so much of the tragedy mm-hmm. and trauma that Iraq is going through now, you know, who am I to be any kind of a credible messenger around around peace and, and reconciliation? So that, that, that was, it was fascinating to me how that, how that played out. Um, yeah, and how they would react or respond to you as a facilitator of peace building? What are you talking about? Are right. Yeah. A yeah, profound yeah, distinct and, Yeah, go ahead. Well well and what makes it particularly hard is when you're working in, in a cultural context that is really known for its uh, its hospitality, its accepting of, of outsiders as family, uh and, and what we call a high context culture, which means you know, respect for people's 
authority and position, you know, it can be really difficult to know how much are you being well received just based on on that beautiful hospitality and deference, and, and how much is is real. And it, it was just it was really good to get to a point where, as, as ceremonial relationships still were, particularly across gender lines, there was there was still a, a, a sense of, um, of of solidarity and and I think real mutual respect beyond the beyond the deference that that you can often get on the on a surface level. So how did you, as a person from the West, particularly an American, how did you inform yourself on how you would inform them of what you were trying to present and they would hopefully learn from being very distinct culturally? Uh, well, the, the paradox of this for me is, is, is one, trying to be as prepared as I, as I possibly can. And I was, I was fortunate that, that uh, my colleague Tom Hill had been to Iraq many times and is an expert on, on the region. And my colleague Katerina had been there as well to, to Kurdistan. Um, we had seen the applications of the students. We've had, we had phone calls with, uh, uh, with our, our colleagues there. So I tried to absorb as much information as I could, but, but the paradox of this is, and, I, and I, uh, I, this has been my, my MO for almost everywhere I've worked, is have that in the back of your mind, uh, but, but don't take it too seriously to the extent that that's, it's going to stymie or influence your own, your own creativity. So don't let it be a case of, 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 of confirmation bias where it's um, reducing the people you're working with to, to stereotypes, so being prepared to be, to be surprised. Um, so, you know, so knowing that with the professors that, that at least the, the one-liner is that it would be a, a hierarchical kind of rigid uh, system of learning, and there's some truth to that. But I also found out that they were so open to being uh, fun and playful and introducing so many things from their own cultural narrative of storytelling and the use of metaphor in, in the way they imparted peace. That may not have been part of their of, of of the way the educational system works, but but just a tremendous willingness to be creative and and funny and and likewise with the the, the students. So there was you know, definitely cultural differences in my case, certainly a generational difference as well. Um, I um, and as as you both know, I use a lot of of, of pop culture um, references in my work. Now, a lot of those didn't land because this is a country that's been isolated for, for many years. Um, so, like, uh, oh, oh, so, so, Greg, you'll be saddened to know they, many of them did not get my Yoda drawing. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, Maybe Joni can help I'm me. I'm sad. I'm sad to know that. Yeah. Well, they know them now. So that's been, if, if I've contributed nothing else to Iraq, um, <laughs> a few more people know who, who Yoda is. Yeah. Um, um, the real however, Yoda. However... <laughs> Well, I knew I, I I knew I was making some progress. When yeah. I think like on the second or third day with the, the students, um, w- one of them made the observation, which I get a lot, that I look like Robin Williams, and I'm like, you know, Robin Williams, but not Yoda, and uh, <laughs> uh, and it was it was it was just great because he apologized to me profusely for that, hoping there was no disrespect. And I said, no, like this is. You know the, the the fact that you're that we're breaking down some of these these hierarchical barriers uh, barriers is, is just great. Isn't that similar in some way to your work in Japan, where you presented your graphics or your artwork and also presented some puns, etc. And there was a sort of a gap in terms of what you were presenting and how they processed that. Oh yeah! Wow, you have a great memory. Um, yeah, when I when I would use visual puns. 
it's like it, it's like the exact thing someone doing comedy doesn't want to do, which is have to explain <laughs> explain yeah. their joke. And yeah, so I would I would say a pun and then break it down and say, well, you know, like in in, in English, the word you also means female sheep, but it's spelled differently and. Uh, they would listen intently, and then, like a couple seconds later, like just all burst out laughing, and and uh, um, because they 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 love wordplay, and were probably also just being nice. <laughs> so, what skills did you provide for them to acquire, grow from, develop that are connected to peace building that would thus be for them to further work with? Well, for the for the professors. Uh, it was essentially pedagogical tools. So, so how to teach by by asking or showing rather than telling. How to use how to incorporate visuals. How to use different mnemonic devices. How to get people to move around the room. How to use storytelling to make peace building uh, a theory kind of a, a real and living and and relevant. Uh, and then at the end of the training, we each had to audition a new unit that they they developed. Uh, with with the students, um, we train them in, in in a bunch of uh, I would say low tech technologies around building consensus, around everything from using different colored cards to gauge uh, the different levels of buy in around ideas, uh, using sticky notes to, to to brainstorm and and cluster ideas together, uh, listening and reflecting skills. Some of these kind of core active listening, peace building mm-hmm. uh, tactics. Yeah, uh, we we used a lot of them, and um, and and they actually used them in in their characters and in, in their roles. Uh, and then following that, this is so our time in 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 Baghdad was was really the the first shoe to, to drop. The other was that students um, were were required to self organize and then pay it forward. So so do projects that we had some, some eager stipends available for, where they would be able to, to use the skills that they developed in peace-building projects very loosely defined in their schools, their, their communities, uh, their towns, and so on. And, and similarly, the professors uh, were expected to, to take what they learned, and then each of them was to conduct workshops on, on these skills to really bring a multiplier effect to what we were doing and... And you know this is always risky when you're doing something like this, and you're not there to be to be there as a you know an ongoing coach or a quality control person. Um, but I was really pleased to, to to see that um after a Professor Hill Tom who I mentioned earlier uh, went back there a couple of months ago to see how they were all doing. They they more than exceeded our expectations both in terms of the numbers of the people that they reached, but how they they've actually incorporated these skills into their into their into their lives and into their work. And it's important to keep in mind that this was happening um, in the midst of violent national protests uh, across the country. So um, as, as you may have seen in the news over the past six months, more than uh, 100 people have, have died in protests. Uh, uh, our own students were dodging tear gas canisters on, on the front lines of, of the protests. Yeah. Um, and then, as you know, very recently, there's, there have been bellicose actions by, by um, the U.S. government um, against Iran with uh, Iraq caught in the middle of it. And despite all of these happenings, these things happening, it, it, there 
were work remained undaunted. They continued to do the work, continued to use the processes, and really show the, the beautiful resilience that you see in, in a country that's just been through so, so many imaginable things. Yeah, I was wondering how what you were presenting and providing for, and once you left, how that would be transitioned into the broader Iraqi society and, you know, with the intention to try to develop and incorporate new new things, transformation. Yeah, I mean, and that really is the the hope that we're you know we're we're building the the next generation of of peace builders who will be applying this in whatever way they see fit. And the you know the one thing that I that I've learned in in years of international development is um, you know it, it it would be foolish of me to predict exactly how these fields are going to be used. Um, you know, any kind of cookie cutter model of of, of exporting peace building or democracy um, is is almost by very nature imperialistic uh, um, but what I have seen is in, in countries that are that are facing the unimaginable for uh, at least by North American standards that they're going to find so many creative and fascinating ways to, to use these skills that that will then inform us um, so much of my work in the US certainly building the York Peace Institute was was influenced uh, not only by my brothers and sisters who are doing peace building uh, on this side of the globe, but but what I learned from revolutionaries and dissidents that took the stuff to to a different level. So, I I, I but I really I, I have to say in many situations like this, I wonder like how how practical are these skills going to be and how transferable when they're doing this in the midst of of violence and chaos. And I, I always have to remind myself that it is. Um, sadly, um, but truthfully, it is that violence and chaos that prepared them to be able to to develop a sense of of, of, of creativity and fearlessness um, that I can only try to understand. Yeah, and it's so profound that uh, you're provided this opportunity, though, with the essence of community development work is that self-determination is what they do with that, they, what they take from that and how they apply that, incorporate, they determine on their own. Absolutely, absolutely, and and if we can be a catalyst for any of that, yeah. then, then all the better. I was wondering if the fact that that Iraqis have gone through so much war and strife and and pain and and conflict and hostilities, um, I wonder if that makes them treasure um, peace and peacemaking, peace building. Um, more than we do. I think here in the West, we kind of take for granted uh, a lot of times, depending on, you know, where you're coming from and, and where you live and and um, your status in life. But I, I know for me, growing up in Canada, I've completely taken for granted living in a peaceful place that's, that just I have never experienced war here on my in my home country and um we even create our own you know reality shows and movies and things that create a lot of um make believe make believe war and and killing each other and doing harm to each other and creating that drama um so that it's almost become entertainment um and that maybe in Iraq there's this sacredness to life and sacredness to um, peace and treating each other well 
and with respect, I certainly got that from um, at least one of the the people you worked with who friended me, and we talked on Messenger, and there's this sacredness around that. I, I think sacredness is absolutely the perfect wor- word for this. Um, every person who I had the, the pleasure of, of working with in, in Iraq couldn't emphasize enough how the Iraqi people are are peaceful people. That that, that the prophet spoke spoke of, of peace and 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 of love. And I really saw that and felt that that everywhere. And and I think it, it is indeed in part. They, they cherish it because they've been tested in so many different ways uh, um, uh, through, throughout the years. And at the same time, it's, it's so important to, to, to realize that so much of, of modern civilization really came from this part of the world. Uh, having had the opportunity to, with my, my colleague Katarina to get a, uh, a private tour of the National Museum just to see, um, to see things like Hammurabi's Code um, or... or the skeleton of a Neanderthal, which is, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, is part of my own DNA, but just to see how how much of our own modern civilization really harkens back to those very, very lands. So in some ways, uh, the ideas of, 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 of peace and harmony and inclusion and humanity uh, like really came from there and is hardwired into the human condition and, and, and in, in fact, um, really comes from that part of the world. Uh, I, one of the um, one of the most profound things that I that I felt was was out, outside the classroom, but it, it really reinforced everything that I had learned. And uh, on one of the few days where we had the opportunity to to go outside and do a little bit of tourism, um, which we can only do with with someone uh, kind of uh, minding us, it was supposedly unsafe. Although I, I felt quite quite safe there but it was the experience of going to the marketplace and looking at handmade goods that people would would uh, would be selling and starting to what i thought was haggle with them as one does in a bazaar uh, particularly in the middle east and people were just giving away their beautiful handicrafts and i'm thinking well where's what's the catch here where's the part where where we negotiate and they would just give these beautiful things to us and, and you know, and I would say, well, like, surely there must be there must be something I can do in, in return for your generosity. And every person said some variation of like, well, yeah, there is something that you can do. And that's when you go back to the U.S. Um, yeah. Tell people that we are we are not ISIS, we are not terrorists. That we are um, we are people who believe in love and peace. And this is what the prophet believes as well. And it, it was just so beautiful to to be looked in the eye and to hear that and to hear these messages and to hear these messages being told to someone whose country has been responsible for so much suffering there. Um, this is this is something that will will never leave me. Yeah, I, that's one of my curiosities with our conversation tonight. Is what would the West best learn from Iraqi society, especially our conversation tonight? Um, you know, I, I suppose it's, it's tied to what I, you know, what, yeah. I, what I said. You it, just bro- brought it, it up, is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is really a, a group of people, as you'll find everywhere in the world, that have been 
tested in so many ways that are resilient and either because or in spite of that or both um, fundamentally believe in and and want peace. Um, this is an environment where just the, the the ability to navigate around life is is difficult. So you're working with people who have seen their family members killed or executed, people who are living with uh, within infrastructures that are bombed out, and yet make every effort possible to learn other languages, to soak up every bit of knowledge that they can, and to extend a, a hand of, of, of generosity when they can. And um, and I think this is this is really important for people, at least in the U.S., um, who um, who who may be Islamophobic or 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 somehow skittish around other cultures. Um, that this is a belief system that is not to be feared, but to be embraced. I, I can't begin to say how moving it was for my my students and professors to, as they were talking about peace building to draw parallels to the Quran and to what the Prophet said. And I'm not I'm not a particularly spiritual or religious person as well, but to see um, uh, again to use Joni's word how how sacred in a very literal sense they saw peace building. Um, as part of their, their their whole belief system and way of being. And I'm wondering if what you bring to them is this opportunity to, in your interactive way, in your creative way, and in building this theater where they could be creative and bring expression to their ideas, is that you, in a way, pulled them out of this place where they're surrounded by war and death and 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 all the hostility and they have this safe haven where they can just take the, these ideas of peace building and and create that environment where they can do what they really want to do i i feel like you brought that to them i you know i i was delighted to be there to help them unleash some of that along with Katerina and you know and they did the hard work we, we gave them kind of a platform and and a space but you know but they really did they they did the, the heavy lifting on it and part of it is as we all know from doing multi-day trainings when you're all holed up somewhere there's always a bit of Stockholm syndrome that kind of sets in among the participants and, and the teachers but it did create this uh, this kind of oasis uh, for them and and one of the things that, that I often worry about is if you created this kind of rarefied space where people can see each other differently, what is reentry to your day-to-day world going to be? And, you know, I think about this not only in yeah. situations like this, but, you know, anytime we're in a training where uh, everything works within this, this, this beautiful culture that you created, but how are they going to actually use it? And because these ideas, may we, we may have offered them in a slightly different a way or a creative way, they resonated so deeply with who they who they actually yeah. are. Um, it didn't surprise me to see them um, continuing to, to model these ideas moving forward. We can continue. We can't continue because I got to cut us off because it's time. I got to end the show. Time goes by when you're having a very informative conversation. Thank you very much for reaching out and providing this information, this opportunity to help bridge cultures. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. All the best to both of you. All right. Same to you. We'll be in touch. Have a good night. You've been listening to Mediation Station on CHHA, 1610 AM.